Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company's podcast. This episode is sponsored by our friends at Greenbook. Through their blog, leading market research directory, and other publications, Greenbook connects marketers and insights professionals with people, information, and ideas that generate better business results. So whether you're looking for a focus group facility or just want to stay up to date with the ever-evolving insights industry, Greenbook is the resource for you. Check out all they have to offer at greenbook.org. We love it. We know you'll love it. Awesome. Thank you. Can you chicken pot pie it? Okay. Thanks, Leighton. <laughs> now, what you have to explain what is chicken pot pie? <laughs> you know what's <laughs> what? funny is that <laughs> I don't even know where it came from anymore. But when we say to someone chicken pot pie, it means be quiet. Someone's in the podcasting studio. Someone has to go pull the doorbell out of the front, and you have to turn the Sonos all the music off. Okay. But I don't uh, – when I come – here's another one. When I come out of the podcast room, I say, beef stroganoff, and that means we're back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's great. That, that's – I feel so uh, so enlightened. Well, now it, like, now it all just makes codes. it makes perfect sense now to you, doesn't it, Lenny? I mean, obviously, I've I've explained it. I I, I get it now. If you say chicken pot pie or beef stroganoff, I won't get hungry. I'll just think, okay, that means shut up, <laughs> or you know, now I'm done. So, <laughs> or live free, little bird. <laughs> yeah, and then this podcast can just get weirder from here. Uh, um, you know what? It's it's Wednesday morning. Uh, you know, I'm I'm all for weird. Let's well, do it. Well, if you're all for weird, Lenny, now I'm going to let you know we're all wearing wigs today. <laughs> well, I I am not, but that's good to know. Now, what color? Um, uh, or I, I I'm Lady Gaga. I'm totally I've got white out. To which, when I left, my kids this morning said, "Don't ever go blonde." <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've teenagers, so that's about the the level of compliments that I get these days. That's right. Um, they just roll their eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. It's uh, it's Colton's birthday here today, and we have a birthday rule program. <laughs> you know, other people have um, you know, serious benefits. We have serious benefits plus very unserious benefits. Okay. Um, and it's birthday rule. Yesterday, uh, I was I was out of town for my birthday over the weekend, and so yesterday we celebrated my birthday rule, and everybody had to call me Penelope all day long. Penelope? Like yes. from, uh, from Candy Crush? From uh, Rick oh, and Ralph? Yes. I was thinking more Penelope Cruz, but whatever. Oh, Penelope. <laughs> Sorry. In, uh, in Wreck and Ralph, the, the character is Penelope. Sorry, oh, I like sure. it. I like it. No, so that was my birthday rule yesterday. It's Colton's birthday rule. He's told us all last yesterday that today we would have to all arrive wearing wigs. Okay. And so I am wearing a wig podcasting with you. <laughs> Okay. Well, and, and are you sure you don't want to do video then? Because that could be worth it. Uh... You know, the funny thing is, I'm going to leave this whole thing in for the podcast. So let's let's start our podcast right now from here. This is probably the best intro we're ever going to have. <laughs> All right. Well, then I, I leave it to you to take us from here because awesome. I'm not quite sure how to where to go. Well, wait. The funny thing is, it's my podcast. We don't have to go anywhere, Lenny. We could just hang out like we like to do. So, so with me is Leonard Murphy. Um, known to everybody in the MR industry is Lenny. He is, I'd have to say, ever so widely uh, considered one of the most influential thought leaders in this industry. If you, if you don't know him, then you, I don't know that you're in the market research industry. So. 
<laughs> so good that we're not using video because I'm blushing. Oh, uh, so. oh well, <laughs> Thank it's, you. it's true. Your reputation precedes you. And I have been trying to get you on the podcast for some time. I know you're busy, and um, but it has been fun getting to know you on some. We, we've participated together in some live webinars. Obviously, we had a, have a lot of mutual connections, but Green Book. Come on, love me some Green Book. So we're gonna we're gonna shout out about Green Book today and talk about that a little bit. But um, other than that, we're gonna have fun on here, Lenny. Are you in? I'm I'm in. I'm all for fun, and it's kind of hard not to when talking to you, uh, Priscilla. So that is certainly <laughs> what they and on that note. So I should give a shout out that you are co-chairing IX Austin coming yes. up. Uh, so uh, expect fun. Now, yeah. are you going to wear? A, are you going to wear a wig you know, though, up on stage? You know, that's a great idea. Maybe I just should. I'm going to call Will Leach. You know, he's co-chairing with me, and yep. and he's a little bit of a nutter too. He he is, and you know, uh, Austin. Uh, what, what I think the slogan for Austin is "Keep Austin Weird." Um, oh uh, my gosh, Lenny, we're on to something, and it's great because uh, you know uh, Will Leach is bald, so this should be easy. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Although he rocks it well. Yeah. He oh my gosh. Are you kidding? Well. Yeah. So great. He is so much fun. And when they asked me to co-chair this again, I had co-chaired with them, as you know, in Chicago. And they were like, oh, we got such great feedback. It was so fun. I'm like, well, that's, you know, a compliment. But they were like, yeah, um, would you and Will do it again? I'm like, listen, if Will's in, I'm in. That guy's easy. Yep. And he's just so fun, and, and he does have a lot of great connections. But talk about keeping it a little weird. You, you know, you must have a lot of crazy chaos and fun. You've got six kiddos over there. I I do, and it is uh, it is weird. Um, <laughs> you know, my so I have uh, you know, two daughters about to go to grad school. One actually lives in Austin right now before oh, she goes cool. to grad school. Um, I have uh, one who just got engaged to get married. Um, another one who she doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be engaged to get married because <gasps> the fiance asked us permission, right? Um, you heard it then, here first on Ponderings from the Perch. <laughs> that's right. So I hope she's not listening to this. Um, and uh, although I didn't say her name, so they can guess. Uh, and then you know, all these kids in elementary school. So um, my, my wife is gone right now at the kindergarten market with our kindergartner. And mm. uh, yeah, so it, it is a strange life to have kids from grad school to kindergarten. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm the fifth of five. So I think so I get know. a little bit of it. But I have to say, in all fairness, whenever I said that, people always said, oh, you're your poor dad. And I thought, my poor dad? That guy didn't get up to turn the TV volume up back when we had to. That's when we had to get up to turn the TV volume up. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, that was our role. Yeah, so that, we were the remotes. That's what um, we had children for. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Literally, my kids the other day we were talking. I, you know, the big threat with the, with the little ones is we're going to take away your tablets, and um, and we had talked about uh, we we're going somewhere, and and you know, how did you survive without tablets or internet or mm-hmm. you know, phone? And you know, we go on and explain. No, we literally there was one phone in the house, and if you were lucky, it had a really long cord, right. so you could stretch it into your room to have a conversation <laughs> in private. You know. Um, and they just look aghast, like, oh, yeah. you know, that's before fire and the wheel. <laughs> I um, know. And I have to say to my, my 13-year-old son, like, I'm like, yeah, I, I love to sit down and watch some with them, you know. It's like, we always watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I'm like, sure, I'll sit down and watch an episode with you. I'm like, but you have to pick a screen. Right. You cannot be on your phone and watching this with me. Do one or the other. That's cool. But, uh, you know, pick one. 
Oh, the 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 horror. <laughs> yes, the angst. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Well, let's talk a little bit about you. I want people to know, you know, a lot of people obviously know you, but they may not know all the things you've done over the time, you know, in, in your, your journey here in market research. So I'm just going to hit a couple of things. And then why don't you pick something out in there that you were like, hey, I want to say something about that part of my journey or I loved that or I hated that or, or you know, just kind of give a little bit more personal view of, of your story. And then I'm going to ask into our, you know, our interview questions uh, specifically about what's going on right now and how Green Book is, is shaping, you know, into, you know, already 2019, some of the great events. And we'll go from there. But so, you know, as the as the CEO, CEO of many different com- companies over, you know, over your career, is there one of them that really stands out that like, wow, that's where I, you know, I, I learned the most? Oh, well, certainly Rockhopper. I mean, that, um, you know, that was the first big splash research company. I mean, not even Rockhopper was small uh, mm-hmm. when all said and done, but, um, but we punched far above our body weight. Um, and uh, that, that was the experience that kind of set me on this entire path, both good and bad. Um, <laughs> so, <Uh-oh. laughs> I, and, and what I mean by that is when, you know, we launched Rock Hopper in 2005 and we grew tremendously and we were uh, early pioneers in online research and, uh, and pushing, you know, new tools, et cetera, et cetera. Then the recession hit, right? Mm. Um, and we took it on the chin. Um, and I, 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 you know, tell the story that in, uh, before the recession, we were running about 3.5 million, and uh, and the year of the so 2000 that was 2008, yes, 2007, 2007, 2008, we shrank to 1.5 million, but did the same number of projects. Oh wow! <laughs> Ouch! And. Which means the staffing levels had to be the same, right. but yet at a third of the revenue, roughly a third of the revenue, which mm-hmm. was unsustainable. Right. Um, so the learning experience from that was, wow, this this business model is flawed. Um, now, maybe it was me. Uh, I will very much take the blame that maybe I was flawed <laughs> as a CEO. Um, uh, and there's some some folks, some of my vendors back in uh, from that time would probably say, yeah, Lenny, um, you were flawed as a CEO, and I'll, I'll own that. But the... Uh, but that actually set up for this this journey that started after that of realizing that, that the traditional model of research, um, uh, you know, the service-based model of research, not only had some inherent weaknesses, uh, but at the same time as we were seeing social media and mobile explode and, and new mm-hmm. data start to emerge, to realize that the industry itself was at risk of disruption. Um, uh, and I was living that, right? Mm-hmm. I was... Yeah, that, that's we, we saw this shift as brands said, wait, we have other needs, we have less budget, so we're going to try different things, um, and that 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 is what morphed me. Well, that then combined with trying to launch another startup, Brandscan 360, and Brandscan yeah. was was stillborn. Um, uh, it was a great idea at the time of you know merging. Uh, social media and mobile feedback and point of experience to create a brand tracking metric and. Um, but it was way early. Yeah. Uh, well, as a tech-driven startup, yeah, that that in MR that 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 was early. That, that's it, interesting. Yes. So those two experiences of of you know really wa- watching the company I built from the ground up, uh, Rockhopper, die because of uh, it, it wasn't prepared for 
that type of, of adverse uh, circumstance right. and paradigm shift in the industry, and then you know seeing where things were probably going to go with from a technology standpoint, but being too early to launch that mm-hmm. um, really brought me to this doing a lot of soul searching and doing that in public. And that is what started the Green Book relationship, where Green Book said, you know, you're, you're in this unique position where you don't have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. You're in a very unique position. <laughs> right. Um, it, you need to feed your family. Um, and, and we need somebody who you're the only person around right now who's actually talking about these things, just on LinkedIn groups, and, right. you know, at the time of saying, hey, what the hell? Things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, right, right. Uh, and how do we put some structure around that? Yeah. And that... That's what launched this journey with, you know, with Green Book is kind of taking that experience of being on the front lines as an entrepreneur and thinking about the, the, uh, where the industry was and where the industry was likely going to go as a result of all of these different external influences that were mm-hmm. happening at the same time, economic and technological and social, um, and driving now to, at least for me personally, was the lesson of, I don't want other folks to have to go through this. Right. Um, this, this, this sucked, right? This was <laughs> yeah, not a good experience. That's totally true because, you know, my SOAR system that's strategic, organized, accountable, repeatable, that whole marketing platform literally was something it, when when I was starting out, if I would have paid so much if someone had walked in and given that to me. And yeah. it's so funny. We do create these things that we know are just fundamentally helpful. You know, so let me ask you this about Green Book, because I'm going to talk a little bit more about, you know, your role there as the um, as the executive editor. And I know it's just like a lot of, you know, um, advisory role as well. But was that was that happening at the same time that you started your own consultancy, the Gen 2 Advisors? Was that was the Green Book thing happening, kind of emerging at the same time? No. So Gen 2. um uh, is a sister company of Green Book and was created. So, so as this path of being the resident, uh, big mouth, um, you know, I was going we, what, for Yoda, but whatever. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I appreciate the, you know, guru thought leader, or whatever. That's now I think of myself. I just, you know, I had time on my hand and did, and talked publicly about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and lucky was getting paid to do that. The more that happened, the more uh, other folks, um, both the brand and the supplier side, said, you know what? We're struggling with some of these these things as well. We can't take our eye off the ball to think about what the future looks like. Can you help us? Um, so uh, Green Book was not set up uh, to, uh, to hold a consultancy like that. Um, and at the time, we thought it was really important to create a bit of a firewall between that type of consulting advisory work and more of the marketing-centric uh, components that Green Book does. So we created Gen2 Advisors um, as a, a consulting arm to address that need. Um, and that has continued to grow as well. So Gen2 is now in its seventh year and uh, and going strong. The, the, the demand to channel our experience and information uh, into you know, advisory or consulting work for uh, both big brands. We've been blessed to have some of the biggest companies in the world as our clients, um, as well as major suppliers. And where my true heart is, is startups and helping them all uh, kind of go through the process uh, of growth has been 
an awful lot of fun. And to a great extent, that, that kind of led to the development of IIEX to our vet series, right? <laughs> that, we had that's brands. a perfect connection. Yeah, it's a perfect connection. I was just talking with someone on a podcast the other day, and they were talking about how their dad really influenced them. And they were talking about how, you know, it's really easy to, you know, to be swimming really well and having a good time at the top of the wave. It's that trough that'll really get you, <laughs> you know, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and I can see that, you know, it, it, kind of your passion and your love for startups is that, you know, it's tough, you know, you know, it's tough when people are starting out. But I can see that I, even, you know, the way you interact with people in our industry, you love what this, you, what this startup and disruption and innovation brings. Yeah. So segue that into IIEX, because that is innovation in our industry. I mean, that's, that's what that's, that's all about. That's what it was. So we, it was actually really easy that we were working with, with P&G and consulting, um, uh, doing this consulting work for P&G. And part of that was they wanted us to identify disruptive startups to vet to be part of their supplier network. And uh, we thought, you know, uh, we could do a vendor fair uh, for P&G or – we can actually kind of, you know, bring them out into Muhammad um, and create an event and bring everybody to them, right? Um, while curating that in a way that we thought was relevant to companies that weren't necessarily candidates for uh, for what PNG was looking for, but needed to know the same stuff. So that was the genesis of IIX, uh, was really a stealth vendor fair for P&G. <laughs> and then we realized that we could do that for other brands, right? So we, we developed this whole program with lots of other brands, said, look, you tell us what you're looking for. Um, we're going we're, we're gonna to bring those companies into an event um, along with lots of other world-class content. We're going to make it cool. We're going to make it fun. Um, and... Uh, and we're going to build this event series around it. And, and it worked, and it worked phenomenally well, and we, we did lots of other things that kind of were natural outgrowths from that, our private meeting program. Because inherently, all Green Book sees our mission as connecting supply and demand. Every single thing that we do, everything that we do, is driven by that idea. How do we more efficiently connect supply and demand? How do we enable the business of insights to thrive and grow and meet the needs of buyers. Mm. And when we take that broad view that it's not just about how do we sell more focus groups and surveys, right? But as the clients leading us to say, this is what we need, and us saying, we're going to step up and find those companies um, and bring them into the ecosystem and help support them so that they can thrive to meet the needs, that is how we connect supply and demand. And we've done that over and over and over again. Uh, and that's the core of everything that we do. Let's take a break and hear about this episode's sponsor. If you're looking to be inspired, challenged, and connected, I have the perfect event for you. Hosted in Austin, Texas, IIEX North America is the place you need to be from April 23rd to 25th. Presented by Greenbook, IIEX North America is the leading conference in the market research and insights industry. These three days of action are filled with over a thousand attendees, over 250 speakers, and over 200 sessions for a combination kick in the pants, turbocharged networking, and intensive education. 
and I'll be speaking at IIEX North America. IIEX is packed with fresh ideas. From the new speaker track to meet the startups and insight innovation competition, this is the place to see the latest technologies and disruptive methods emerging in the world of insights. Attendees will be in great company with thought leaders from Procter & Gamble, Lowe's, Merck, and Coca-Cola. So register now for IIEX North America and save 20% with the promo code LITTLEBIRD at IIEX-NA.insightinnovation.org or simply click the link in our show notes. Be there to find out what's new and next in the realm of consumer insights. As some of you might know, March is National Women's Month. Here at Little Bird Marketing, we strongly believe in girl power. In honor of National Women's Month, we wanted to do something really special. We're going to be hosting what we're calling the Badass Women Giveaway. We've had so much fun putting this awesome prize package together for you all. And to be honest, this stuff is so good, it was really hard to resist keeping it all for ourselves. In this giveaway, you'll be getting a set of Women Who Dare knowledge cards from the Library of Congress, a pair of NetQuest headphones, a Women in Research t-shirt, two t-shirts and a journal from AYTM, and some cute little bird goodies like a tote bag, pop socket, and other stuff like that. We've also thrown in some of the most inspiring and enjoyable books you'll ever own, like Your Messy Brilliance, Seven Tools for the Perfectly Imperfect Woman by our friend Kelly McNeilis, Forgotten Women, The Artists by Zing Sang, and Bad Girls Throughout History, a journal by Ann Shen. This giveaway is going to be really fun. Go to littlebirdmarketing.com slash badasswomen to enter. The list of items keeps growing by the day, so make sure to keep checking for updates. It's as easy as that, but it won't last forever, so hurry up and enter. Good luck. I don't know, you know, how much you do, because I know you have an advisory role and, you know, uh, you know, obviously you don't have your hand on all of those details, but I don't know if you know this about me, but... I actually got started in the market research industry because I was, you know, had my speaker packet out there. I was uh, speaking at events and it was Green Book who called me and needed my particular skill set for a Green Book event because of just what you're talking about, supply demand. Your audience was demanding to have some marketing expertise. And so, you know, Insights I was Insights Marketing Day. Yes. Right? So we brought yes. you in Insights Marketing Day. Yes. I, and, and then I got into this entire world, which is so right up my alley. And I don't know if you know this, but, you know, my degree is actually in cultural anthropology. So it's not like, you know, I didn't understand what market researchers were doing, which, you know, makes me even more of a strange anomaly. But it was such a cool connection. And I got that feeling, that very... That that at the, at the foundation of everything that Green Book was doing, it was this helpful feeling. How can we connect this with this? And it was such a good fit for me to say, you know, it was you what you guys were doing for your audience was coming out of the right motivation. And so that is what I feel when I get to the events. I feel like that people feel like they're in sync, that they're getting something that's helpful. They're not getting, you know, it's it's not a didactic program um, at all. And so I, I... I just totally love it. That's my outside perspective from coming not only not only outside of Green Book, but also outside, you know, from other industries looking in. And I absolutely love that about Green Book. Oh, thank you, Priscilla. That, that actually, I, I wasn't aware of that. Um, so thank you for checking those dots. The, uh, um, you know, one of the things that I also learned from, from Rockhopper and BrandScan is I'm too damn old to do things that I don't want to do um, <laughs> with people that I don't want to do it with 
Um, so, and, and <laughs> I am okay Vasa, with that. Seema Vasa and I just said that about our own pod- podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, I, it, it, why? Why do we don't want to do that? Yeah. So, and, and, you know, my kids ask me, just the little ones, well, even the big ones sometimes, Daddy, what do you do? And, uh, <laughs> and it's like, I, I help people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and ultimately, that is how I view it. Now, I think we've been blessed to find ways to, uh, to create scale and a repeatable business model out of that. Um, and it can be tough, right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, as we've been successful and we have, we've grown, we've grown tremendously. Um, over the last few years, it's when I first started working with Green Book, there were three of us, and now when we look at Green Book and Gen Two, and we're, we're twenty, you know, um, the, it's it's become a nice business, yeah. and the uh, uh, and it, it can be easy to it can be easy to forget the motivation that ultimately all we're here to do is to help people, mm-hmm. and we help people by connecting supply and demand as new opportunities emerge and. Uh, and so we, we work hard uh, to fight against that, yeah. to remind everybody every day, this is what we're here to do. Mm-hmm. We're here to we're here to help folks. Yeah. And uh, there's a balance between helping and making money. Mm-hmm. And we certainly we want to make money, right? We're for for profit business. Yes, um, we are for profit people. <laughs> yeah, um, I, you know, I I, I got to retire at some point. You know, <laughs> you do have all those kids. I mean, I, do, I have five daughters, so I got five. Oh my I gotta pay for, you know? Well, just do it, my dad. We had there was five daughters. He just gave us twenty bucks and a ladder. He's like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, but the but all that it's still that what what makes what helps get up every day is that thinking of yeah. you know how are we going to help people today mm-hmm. um and and we're lucky enough to make money doing that well uh, we've already established it, that for Austin which is a big big piece of news I was so happy to hear it come from you that you were moving IIEX uh North America to Austin this year and as you know like what you mentioned at the beginning of the show you know, Austin's um, uh, phrase is keep it weird. So we're going to do it. We're going to keep it weird. But what was the thinking? You know, it, was it just a direct connect for you with choosing Austin um, over Chicago for this, uh, you know, for North America this year because of the innovation aspect? Or what What was the thinking there? Yeah, well, part of it was the, you know, we, we, so I think I've been fairly upfront over the years that I have some health challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I have, I have, mitochondrial disease and it's just it is what it is so i the the real downside of that is i don't travel um because seizures and airplanes suck so that's <laughs> i think that's universal um, yes <laughs> yes yes so that's a it's it's a universal truth um so we we focus on atlanta primarily because i was here um and I think that was fine because we found a we found a fantastic facility in uh, working with George Tech and at their uh, their facility and that the, the the design of that facility was a big part of the DNA of IIX. Um, the you know there weren't exhibitors put off in another room right there was constant mm-hmm. traffic and everybody was all together and and that was part of the energy that you were talking about and we recognized that that there, you know there was a physical component that that made IIX uh, successful so when we outgrew that and that really happened in 2017 right, <laughs> where we right. outgrew it but we tried again we doubled down for 2018 and and then realized we can't do this anymore it's going to be a fire hazard um then we wanted to find something that had the same uh that had a lot of the same physical characteristics, right, uh, from a, a venue perspective, um, 
that w- would help support the idea of togetherness and traffic and you know everybody's always milling together and networking um, we also wanted to uh, capture the what we had found in Atlanta was where the George Tech Hotel was in this cool it was right you know at the college campus and it was very kind of self-contained and restaurants and there was a whole different vibe there than any other part of Atlanta um, and particularly from a from a venue standpoint so that was a big we needed to find a bigger version of the George Tech Hotel and Conference Center and uh, but it also needed to be in a place that was you know fairly uh, uh, fairly accessible and, and relatively easy to get to and, you know, good costs and yada, 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 right? There were lots of other considerations. And Austin was about the only place that checked off 99% of those boxes. Right, right. I got that confused. Actually, it was um, it was uh, IIEX behavior that I was at in Chicago last. That's right. Yes. So, yeah, yes. I was confusing it with Chicago. Not, yeah. not to be confused with, in my opinion, the most excellent of venues, was when I spoke last year at, uh, at IIEX Bangkok for the Asia Pacific one. Yeah. Uh, oh, Lenny, I'm sorry that you can't travel because let me tell you the fruit in that country <laughs> is worth I've getting heard. on a plane for. <laughs> but, I've heard. You know, but it, I will give a, I'll give a shout out to this too. And your team does such a great uh, job. I, I love working with Nani and Brian and and Emily is so great. But they are fantastic about. It, honing in on that innovation aspect and even in the little ways that we network in between events they did really cool stuff in Bangkok and maybe you weren't privy to it but like they had someone there that was a local person who you could actually make your own perfume out yeah. of local scents they did that um i've seen them you know do had a tattoo stuff um they had somebody there who like did a tarot reading for people i'm like uh, don't tell me i don't need to know <laughs> i already know what's coming. Uh, but, the, you know, they have a lot of interesting, interactive things that they try and pull from local. So I'm really excited to see what they do in Austin. It'll be super fun. There's some cool stuff planned. I won't spoil the surprise, but okay. I think it'll be, uh, we'll definitely be channeling the, uh, uh, channeling a bit of Austin there. But, okay, but, but you won't is... tell me after the podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, it, it's going to be exciting. I mean, we're, it's on track to be absolutely the biggest IAX ever. Um, mm. The, actually, I, I, if we, I'm not going to say where I think we're going to get to. Um, mm-hmm. I will. I will say last year we were just shy of 1,200 in Atlanta, and we are absolutely on track to be far bigger than that in Austin. That's going to be um, awesome. That's the, be awesome. Uh, uh, and I believe that will make us the the largest insights event in the United States. Oh, um, uh, and that's cool. It's not you know we haven't necessarily aimed for that, but it's you know it's nice. It means we're doing something right. It just um, feels good being there. It feels connected. So, but okay, so that's large. But let's talk about something else that is really large and actually, in my opinion, incredibly impressive because you edit a, a gargantuan body of content. And that when I think about Green Book, I think about relevant content. So can we talk for a little bit about that? Because specifically, you're the executive editor of it. But the volume of of content that you guys have been able to put out over the last 90, almost the last decade, it, uh, it, from my perspective as a content marketer, it is impressive. So can you tell us a little bit about how do you go about doing that? What was your thought process? What are some of the highs and lows of that? Just, you know, your thoughts on how you create such a significant body of content that is there to impact the future of insights. Yeah, well, and again, thank you, Priscilla. The, um, uh, you know, originally we, we knew that 
uh, go back to the, you know, the, the early days, um, uh, we needed marketing was shifting towards content marketing, right? right? Um, and Green Book, that was not something Green Book had ever done. Green Book was a directory. <laughs> so the uh i suppose so, it's content it's just incredibly boring content well yeah it's the yellow pages i mean let's right. be honest and so we knew that that for that business to to uh transform um you know that the content had to become a, a piece of that and we had to create a content hub now originally that content hub was me right mm-hmm. i created all the content <laughs> and quickly realized well you know one i i can't do this, um, and I'm boring, and uh, because I'm kind of a one-trick pony, so we need to open this up. And so, what was you know, we go back to the idea of connecting supply and demand. And since Green Book was around, you know, uh, in from a marketing perspective, enabling our clients to uh, market more effectively, we started reaching out to other folks and create content, right? Mm-hmm. But let us curate it, right? There's a there's an identity here that we want to focus on and some themes, um, uh, and we very quickly. Uh, adapted and compared to some other folks that it's not our content, it's their content and sharing is good karma. So there was nothing around creating proprietary content behind a firewall or a paywall or none of that crap. Like, no, we want to create, uh, we want to create a hub for, for content kind of that that's egalitarian that is produced by the folks that are in the, uh, in the trenches and uh, working with them to help make that as good as it could be. And so we began this process where, where more and more of the content became you know, generated. Um, uh, you know, a year or so ago, we recognized that there was also an opportunity to have a difference between uh, you know, paid versus earned content. So right. we've been you know, slowly rolling in some of the paid content as well. But our focus is on the earned media um, and uh, curating what folks send us that we think is relevant and important. Um, for the future of the industry um, versus purely self-serving. But we are a marketing platform, right? Yeah, We're never yeah. going to be shy about that. You right. know, of course, the people people write a blog because they want to get a message out related to their name, mm-hmm. period, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the point. <laughs> Good so, God, I wouldn't, be, I, I wouldn't be gamefully employed if not. That's so. <laughs> right. That's right. So, you know, we're not shy about that. There are other channels that are just for academic, you know, achievement, and that's fine. And we'll publish it if somebody asks to. But yeah, you know, but if you, you're only interested in, you know, purely academic approaches and not the the promotional aspects, then there's probably better ways for you to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, for us, we want to find the balance, and it's the same with our events and everything else between um, uh, enlightened self-interest driving content curation. Okay, I'm going to use that quote from you, Lenny. I love that. Enlightened self-interest. And I, you know, I talk about it and and we're obviously, you you and I are good friends with Kristen Luck too. We talk about it as, you know, the old system used to be ABCs of selling, always be closing, always be closing. And now it's ABH. Just always be helping. It'll work. It'll work. Just be helping. And I, I love that approach. Well, let's talk a little specific before we go here about some technology, because obviously IIEX is all about innovation and you have a passion for disruption in the market. Let's keep it going, guys. Let's make it better and better. And who's got something new? And can we make sure we give it a platform, even if they're small? And, you know, it, it, that whole mentality. So let's talk a little bit about technology. Is there something that you love, a, you know, an app or an approach or a technology that's really exciting you? And, you know, maybe the flip side, is there something you're like, oh, my gosh, could we quit doing this? What What are your thoughts? Um, so... I mean, there's, 
you know, there's cool tech like, you know, AR and VR and, you know, all that stuff gets my geek buttons going, right? That's uh, <laughs> that, you know, ooh, yes, I can't wait till I'm, you know, I'm not clicking in a survey. I'm, I'm pointing to it with while I'm wearing my haptic gloves and, you know, <laughs> but we're a ways off from that type of stuff, right? right. The, uh, uh, but the future's there, and that, that stuff's all exciting. We're going to keep focusing on it, but it's not where uh, it, it's not where the rubber meets the road. Um, so I try and rein in my own geeky enthusiasms to focus more on kind of the pragmatic applications, and those have more to do not necessarily with um, disruptive technology as more more around uh, process innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, one of the things that you know, Green Book continues to invest in new things. So we, uh, you know, we launched a, a talent marketplace called Savio um, uh, because we think that that's an important trend that will impact the the industry as a whole. Um, we have been partners with folks to uh, launch a, a blockchain-based uh, uh, network called Beraglyph. Um, and I mentioned those not as shout outs for us, but kind of examples of those, you know, the, those are not inherently disruptive technologies in terms of they create something brand new. What they, they do is they apply things in a new way, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, it's innovating around a process. Mm-hmm. And I think most of the stuff that we're seeing mature within the industry and has the most potential over the next few years are along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. Different models of engaging uh, as automation and DIY, for instance, um, transform the process of research, then what is the connective tissue to still have experts right. to engage? Right? <laughs> now, some of that may be the traditional model of, of consultancies, but some may be kind of the gig type of. Right. of uh, and we see that happen in other categories, so why not research? So, so we think that those ideas will continue to grow. You know, the uh, as we look at the uh, the if market the vision for a marketer is to deliver the right message to the right person at the right time on an individualized level, right? right. And all marketing is based on that today. Um, well, what does that mean when we're seeing a huge backlash against data privacy and usage? Right? Mm-hmm. We saw GDPR roll out in Europe. Um, something very similar to GDPR is going to play out in the U.S. within the next eighteen months. Um, I predict before the election uh, that there will be a mm-hmm. GDPR-like legislation in mm-hmm. play in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, Facebook and Google are getting slammed way too hard by right, right. for it not to. Yeah. Right? So, so that means we have to rethink how we – our relationship with consumers and their data and how mm-hmm. do we power that to drive new value for marketers. So that's see, kind of the – See, the this is where – Lenny, this is why I like talking with you because I think so many people – this is where I, you know, I, I kind of pick and choose who I want to hang out with, who I want to talk with, because some people say, oh, this this change is happening. This is what's happening. We're going to have to go through it. And just even the way you talked about the GDPR, because let me just assure you, we have UK clients and I've been through it. So I'm yeah. not saying that. It, I'm sorry, but that was that was nuts. Um, and so it, it's something and it's not that I look at it and go, oh, it's all fine. It's just that, you know. This idea of not embracing change gets played out in a very negative way in an industry 
And this kind of idea, like people even thought, you know, when it was DIY, oh, nobody's ever going to do research on their own, you know, like, you know, SurveyMonkey had to go through that. Mitchell got an $8 billion acquisition, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. This kind of stuff is just like, I don't even see the point of wasting your time saying, well, that's never going to happen. I mean, you know, look at, you know, people talk to me about social media all the time. But I'm like, you know what? The Telegraph was social media, people. It right. changed. And, uh, you know, to me, this is one of the things I like about IIEX it, it, and and just the the focus on uh, on open conversations around innovation is that it doesn't mean it's all going to happen tomorrow. Um, and it doesn't mean that everything that we know from behind and the experts and everything that, you know, humans are not going away. <laughs> but we do have to figure out how do we fit uniquely into this very changing landscape? You mentioned a couple things like gig economy. That is something that's very much happening in the MR world. Um, also, there's a there's a push of, you know, of um, some of the big houses, you know, insourcing. This should be something that should, yep. you know, frighten marketing companies, mar- marketing agencies very much. You know, a lot of people want to take a lot more in-house, um, you know. And so, but it, it's not one right move across the board toward innovation. Some companies need to outsource more of what they're doing in market research or marketing, and some of them need to bring it in. Good Lord. So it's not one answer, one size fits all kind of thing. And I like that approach that you have to it. It's like, look, it's coming. It's changing. Um, How do we incorporate this in a little bit? But I love what you're saying is that, but how do we change the way we look at things and how do we change our process around it? Because that is actually what has to morph in order to accommodate this new way of thinking. And you, I'm going to say one other thing about it. You joked about the, the, the goal is to get the right message, the right person at the right time. But even think about our conversation at the very beginning and to the right screen. I mean, it's That's so right. complicated, you know, That's right. and so pretending like it's not complicated or pretending like, you know, or or just, you know, lamenting the fact that it's complicated is absolutely a waste of time. That's right. And we have to go back to the idea of, of you know, what is Green Book's mission? It connects supply and demand. So we need to listen to the demand, mm-hmm. right? And in our industry, that demand is driven by marketers. So, right. you know, and if, even if, if you are a client-side researcher, your internal client is a marketer, right? And that marketer is tasked with driving business growth. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that's their job. Research's job, in my opinion, is to tell marketers how to sell more stuff, Mm-hmm. That's it, right? right? Because you don't, if people aren't buying your stuff, you don't have a business. And whether that <laughs> stuff is a message or content or a product, doesn't matter, right? right. It's all, uh, th- that's that's what it comes down to. Right. Um, actually, I need to give a shout out to my friend Hani Mawafi uh, at Nielsen, who actually told me that years ago. I was I was in Cairo and was almost took a job with Nielsen in Cairo, and Hani told me that, and I thought, you know what? That's pretty damn right. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, yeah, but that. Yeah. Yeah, so we as we as researchers in the business, the commercial aspect of research, we are selling stuff too. So we better listen to the demand and evolve to meet it. Mm-hmm. Um, and our job is to take all the best practices and all the knowledge and all the experience and all the wisdom um, that we have gained, but apply that in new ways to meet this evolving demand. Right, right. And well, I don't see tension there. I think no. that's a, that's a good thing. That's how we evolve. Um, it can to be valuable. Well, you know it's a good thing when the curation that you do of the content um, that sits on the Green Book platform now touches tens of thousands of insight professionals every month. So obviously you're doing something right. 
thanks. We, we, I ha- I, we haven't screwed it up too badly. No, yet. no, it's actually uh, quite good. So, so. <laughs> exactly. So, well, let's stop real quick um, with the, just a rapid fire to, to end this up, because obviously, Lenny, you and I can talk for a long time. Um, uh, but we'll have you back on again and let's talk about something else, like maybe get a little bit more deep dive into something happening in, in the industry or gosh, we could talk about all the boards that you sit on or, uh, some of the advice that you give in, uh, in, um, merger and acquisition world. I mean, there's so much that we could talk to, um, you know, Lenny about, and I'm sure a lot of my listeners would love to hear it. Um, but let's rapid fire real quick. Like what, what podcast are you listening to right now? What app are you huge on? What book you're reading? Like what blog is... Uh, is awesome to you outside of Green Book, of course, number one. Um, well, let's say number one could be Green Book and we could tie with Little Bird, but outside of our blogs. <laughs> um, but well, g- give me a little rapid fire on things you're loving right now. Uh, well, so this is uh, awful, but there's no podcast I listen to regularly because I don't have time, mm-hmm. um, which is really embarrassing. Re- um, refer back to the six kids. <laughs> yes, yeah, six kids and three businesses. and Right, yeah, so um, – uh, so that's embarrassing. Uh, but if I had time, Little Bird would be at the top of the heap. Um, and and the podcast that uh, Jama was doing and that uh, Dave McGowan uh, does, uh, uh, you know, MR Realities, those would be the ones that I would be listening to regularly if I had time. I, I tend to binge when I do have time now. Right. Um, book, uh, the uh, I rediscovered my love of comics a few years ago. Awesome. And so – I tend to, when I read nowadays, I tend to only read for pleasure, and it tends to be graphic novels more than anything else. Very um, cool. So, so I'm currently doing that uh, with the Umbrella Academy, um, since we're watching <laughs> on Netflix, and I wanted to, to read the source material, so I've been reading the Umbrella Academy. Okay, it keeps coming up for me saying this would be good, you know, good selection. So now I've got the Lenny, uh, Lenny Murphy a, a, you know, seal of approval on it. Oh, Umbrella Academy was great. Which, okay. and by the way, I got I got to say this: Did you see the Stranger Things season three trailer debuted this morning? No, no, I didn't. Oh, oh my gosh, my my thirteen year old is. I, I got to be the first one to send it to him because I didn't know it was coming out this morning. I'll have to tell him that'll Big. that'll bring my cool factor up. I have a great girlfriend in California who goes and is a seat filler at the awards show, and she got a picture with all the Stranger Things, you know, people. And I'm like, Yep, okay. honey, I'm just one person. Re- Moved. And I mean, my mom, cool mom quotient, like this right up to the top. So, <laughs> you well, you know, and like all, it's filmed in Atlanta. So, mm-hmm. you know, Atlanta's become Hollywood South. So, this that gets to one of those rapidly, what do I watch? Well, like, you know, again, my time is limited. So, if I watch, it's generally for, for pleasure. And because I'm a geek, it tends to be geeky stuff. So, <laughs> and because we live in Atlanta, a lot is filmed in Atlanta, I tend to prioritize things filmed in Atlanta. So, um, and there's uh, a, just another point, you know, you look at Netflix, talk about the democratization of, you know, of, you know, of film. Oh, my gosh. You're talking about market research and disruption. And in fact, I was at a, a women in research event with one of the head of insights at Netflix. And what a fascinating conversation. So obviously oh yeah. it totally connects. This is affecting us in, in all of our all aspects of our lives. Well, with, I want to talk about one to one marketing. Right. I mean, Netflix, yeah. they are masters of that. You I know, know. If we look my, my 
my suggestions are going to look radically different. Well, maybe not so different from yours, Priscilla, but they certainly look different than my wife's. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. I'm like, look, y'all need your own channel because I don't want to see this stuff that you're interested in. That's right. Like, that's right. <laughs> I do have a 10 year old, um, so I definitely don't want to see those things. That's right. That's right. Oh, <laughs> Thank yeah, God well, I, my boys are into, into Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Otherwise, I'd have nothing to watch with them. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, but that is, that's, that's a phenomenal example of they've leveraged data uh, in a new way by having you know, this connective tissue between that. And I think we just, we're, we're going to continue to evolve that way. Right. Anyway, uh, what other, what, what else did I miss from uh, Rapid blog Fire? Book, uh, yeah, no, I think we got it. Blog book, podcast app. Yeah. What about an app? Do you play any apps on, on your phone? Uh, not, uh, not really. Um, yeah. I go, I will, I binge on words, words of friends. Um, <laughs> so, but I you don't have a flip stuff. phone, which is what we want to, we want to gather. I do. I do not. I am, <laughs> okay. uh, what, what is, uh, I am the, uh, Galaxy Note Eight. Got it. So. Got it. You're an Android guy. Okay, we had to we had to square that away. Well, Lenny, yeah. thank you so much for coming on here. It's been long overdue, and I've sure had fun on other webinars and and getting to be on panels and 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 uh, just uh, other cool conversations with you. But um, I am so looking forward to IIEX Austin. Um, thanks for moving it there because I think it's going to be a super fun uh, venue. I've got several on my team coming. Um, and so I think that's really fun to get them for the first time to really get to see what it is I do, you know, out when I'm in the MR world. But um, I, I'm I'm so so looking forward to it. So- that's awesome. Well, thank you for for agreeing to uh, uh, to chair it. Thanks for asking me to come on. I would yeah. love to do it another time. Okay, uh, but you're gonna wear out my welcome. You got to go tell the whole team. I mean that you know Will and I the whole wig thing because we're in. I I, I I will slack them when, right. we're, okay. when we're done. <laughs> we'll um, keep it weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, this was Great. Lenny Murphy, uh, the executive editor um, of Green Book and co-founder, uh, founding partner of the consultancy Gen2 Advisors. If you want to reach out to him, of course, he, he's out there on LinkedIn. But go take a look at some of that content on greenbook.org. Um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And thank you so much, Lenny. And for all of you out there in the marketing research and in the marketing world, happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.